0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Straight Talk for the Soul series, your vibrational, multidimensional vitamin for the body, mind, and spirit. I'm Carrie Murphy, your host, creator, and founder of this global broadcast and brilliant community of light. I want to extend a bright and a beautiful good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all of you tuning in from around the world. Uh, today, my amazing co-creative partner is sound and color healing expert, author, and composer Jill Matson, is here. We're going to talk about the deep secrets and magic of old Egypt rediscovered. You'll access the magical powers of the ancient Egyptian Tree of Life transformations. You'll learn about some life-changing attunements. Um, We'll take some live callers. Jill can offer many healings or readings or answer questions, uh, so press star 2 on your phone to raise your hand for that. Uh, and I just want to welcome all of you home, all of you beautiful souls, luminous light leaders, new earth paradise partners, cosmic creators and collaborators to this next phase of your spiritual awakening and exploration. I know and trust that this is a harmonious haven, a sacred space and a soulful sanctuary to feel loved, to feel united rather than divided and to illuminate and ignite your soul's radiance um, this is a unity community it is designed to inspire uplift and liberate you uh, and i'm dedicated and devoted to walking hand in hand and heart to heart with all of you as we soar into new expansive uh, divinely inspired realities and potentials together um, Today's show is another heart homecoming with Jill, so I encourage you to sit back and relax, breathe, open, and receive. I really celebrate and honor you for being here uh, today. Uh, we also want to invite you to subscribe to the show if you haven't already. It's a free platform. You can access everything at straighttalkforthesoul.com. You can also listen to all of our replays on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon, Audible, and Stitcher. And we would love to see you in our private Facebook group or... Or on Instagram. And now my favorite question what is the best that could happen today with Jill and myself and all of you Uh, set a clear empowered personal intention for what you wish to experience my intention with our gathering is to be a clear and pristine communicator of divine light and love and selfless service to allow for the greatest openings into clarity, purity freedom, prosperity and empowerment for all of us gathered here Um, and uh, I want to invite you to write in if you have joined us by webcast or computer, um, I'll be checking in that way uh, as well. So now a little bit more about beautiful Jill and we will get started in talking about this wonderful topic. So uh, Jill is a prolific artist. She's a musician and author. She is widely recognized as an expert and composer in the field of sound and color healing. She has produced 10 musical CDs with intriguing magical tracks using ancient and modern techniques and special healing frequencies to achieve profound results. She's a five-time author and Jill presents new ways of approaching health uh, and everyday issues using the benefits of color and sound she's been able to combine three forces in her life profound results, her love of music, a deep intuitive spirituality, and many years studying uh, the ancient civilizations. So today you'll learn why we're all instinctively drawn to ancient Egypt and why ancient Egypt has endured as the most powerful historical and spiritual mystery of all times. Jill's going to talk about the Egyptian resurrection frequencies and the tree of life transformations. And you'll experience ancient sound codes. Like those used in the Egyptian temples to open powerful energy streams. So we're gonna also talk about revealing, um, past life memories from the priest and priestesshood of ancient Egypt and how that information can help you in this life. I love, love, love this topic and I love my time with Jill. Uh, so let's dive in everyone. Uh, please join me in extending waves and waves of love, light, and joy to Jill as I welcome her back to the show. Welcome back, my dear.
1: Thank you, dear Carrie, and a big hug to all of the beautiful audience. I've always been so impressed with the incredible lights, mastery, and wisdom of people um, that listen to yourself. You're welcome.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like there are a lot of people here who are very interested in this topic, Jill. Um, and, you know, I want to just highlight that you blend original music with ancient techniques. You embed these special sounds and it expands our consciousness. And so, but today what we're really focusing on is ancient Egypt. So you have channeled in so much information. You have so much knowledge. So let's just dive in and tell us, why is it that we are so instinctively drawn to ancient Egypt?
1: Well, gosh, that's a loaded question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to have fun with it. Um, well, even kind of like a preamble to my answer, um, just thinking back on Edgar Casey. And he described thousands of lives of lightworkers, people like listening to this show from ancient Egypt. And why is that? Um, he re- he he described our past lives in Egypt as like a resonance of memories. And I'm sure we've all had lives in many places. Why why Egypt? Well, according to the research and my channeling, Egypt was originally in a colony in Atlantis, so that the earliest temples that have the most mastery and uh, require um, the most skills that we have yet to uncover today with our science are the early temples, the earlier temples. And some of them are dating them back pre-flood. Um, I believe that one of the... The earliest powerhouses on the earth was Egypt, as perhaps like an outpost of Atlantis. And they had foreknowledge about the thinking of Atlantis. So they have a treasure trove of things in Egypt. And gosh darn, what are those things? Well, it would be spiritual mastery. Mm -hmm. It would be um, accessing spirits who have passed on. It would be mastering our own energies so that we master our health and our body. It would be tying into the one, tying into balance, tying into white light, tying into God in fifth dimensions and higher where there isn't negativity and where um, we can spread this um, beautiful light and healing. Um And when you look at Egypt, um, even her magic, um, I would say 50 years ago, it was just deemed silly superstition. And I've read most of the papyri. And if you didn't have a deep spiritual knowledge like you and I do, and people listening, it would sound superstitious. But um, I'm also a, a huge fan of quantum physics. Mm-hmm. And I would say a large percentage now of those magic rituals, I understand with today's quantum physics. Ancient Egypt had perhaps people that had very developed right brains, and that's like gives you holistic thinking, allows you to tie in the spirit, the heavens, all that is. Um, and maybe not so good on um, the early ones on. Um, sequential things, logical things, but they had this um, sense of oneness, and and then they um, were able to heal, control, manifest with this incredible spiritual high level energy, and they taught people how to wield that. Let me say that again: they taught people how to wield energy for health, wealth, achievements, spiritual mastery.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So my view, why are we all drawn to ancient Egypt? I'd say on some level, we've probably all incarnated there listening on this show, Mm -hmm. and we remember their mastery. We know they have answers. We know we can really advance with their secrets. And now's the time for their secrets to come out. Absolutely. And this is important. Yeah. So
0: whippy I O. <laughs> yeah, it's time for all of us to, you know, tap into all of our gifts and abilities that um we had during those times. It's all there. It's just a matter of reactivating it and if someone is wondering okay maybe they've listened to a lot of your your healing music and you know your C- your cd's or, listen you know to all the things that you have created and they're wondering okay how how did you um come across all of this information about what went on in the temples and um all of these things was it partly through studying or and partly through channeling and remembrance or what would you say I would say it's all of those because
1: I definitely channel and I'm a very, very big geek and I study and read and learn all the time. But it's also, I think, just um, my interest.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I have very many psychic skills and I love mathematics and I love physics. And, um, and I'm a musician and when you put all that together, I read those ancient papyri, and I see different things. So mm-hmm. if I'm just a, a history major, and I've seen or read the books that I was required to, I have a different perspective when I'm looking at these ancient things. I can read them and say, ah, I can see how that develops psychic skills. That's an unbelievable, explicit idea. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, is the ancient world held that sound created the universe and was the key to power sounds not better than light or other energy sound is simply the same frequency range as our body mind soul which means sounds gives us the most powerful healing the most powerful dosage because it's the same as us it's like a direct transfer mm-hmm. and because of that Lao Tzu, the Hindus, the Greeks, they all had mystery schools and they hid the knowledge of sound. They hid it because it was powerful. For example, in ancient China, um, the emperor had access to all the information about musical um, information or sound and held the primary tones for the country and supervised, you know, they had a whole department of measurements to supervise what tones they listened to in their music and what shapes and what processes people could use with sound healing was restricted.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And and so they're all kind of hiding it because it's power and they like being at the top of the food chain. However, all these people like Pythagoras, um each Egyptian temple. Um, Lao Tzu, they all have schools. And you know they gotta they gotta be breadwinners. They need students. And so they would like dangle techniques and understandings. Um to the public free. And it was kind of like you watch a trailer for a movie and they put some of the funniest parts out on a comedy. So you go to the movie. And in that manner, by being so um, maybe steadfast or studying over the years, um, I learned the free secrets, if you will, from American Indians, from China, from India, from Southeast Asia, from Egypt, all over the world. And so when I look at the Egyptian papyri, I'm coming in there, with two-thirds of their secrets under my belt, I see it differently. And then I channel. And then I see the connection to music because music can instill those blessings. And in their mind, and I certainly agree, music is the most powerful attunement. Really.
0: Yeah, absolutely. hmm Right. So, um, well, I want to talk about what went on in the temples. I also want to talk about this, the Sephiroth. Um, and we're going to be playing two of the Sephiroth attunements, and then you're going to be doing, you're going to channel, um, an Egyptian god and bring some healing energy in. But if someone is hearing that word for the first time, um, or that phrase, Sephiroth attunements, um, describe what, what this is. Okay. Alrighty.
1: Good question. Um, let's go back a little bit. Um, the Tree of Life and the sephiroth, which are the circles on the tree of life, are much older than the Jewish tradition. Um, You find them in ancient Egypt, and recall that Moses um, was a pharaoh's son, and knowledge is power, so anybody in the royal family would have access to all the secrets, all the information. I believe the most powerful set of information in the spiritual realm that the Egyptians had was the tree of life. I also believe it's coming in from their understanding and knowledge of even um, more advanced pre-civilizations, and that it's like, well, if you think of God as all that is, and then God mirrors himself and experiences himself, his first step would then be to break down into parts. Think of um, beautiful sunlight going through a crystal and there comes the rainbow with component colors. So the ancient Egyptian system of gods um, matched this concept of the sephiroth on the tree of life. So in other words, um, you know, Isis might be associated with pink and Hothar perhaps associated with indigo and Roth the sun god with gold. Mm-hmm. So each one of their gods in their pantheon is a component of all that is, and notice that Moses um, takes their intro, and you know he he brings up the one god, he brings up the sum of what's going on in Egypt, and I I suspect Moses was sometimes around the time of um, of the heretic. Pharaoh, um, who introduced the one God. Um, Anyway, that's kind of an aside. But um, the idea is this. If um, we were God, we would have all these components in proper tune, in proper energy patterns. And the original components would be the ones that represent all the gods, all the temples, everything Egypt has to offer. And they would have been broken down for humanity's ease. So the ancient gods, maybe the ones who believe in Yahweh or all that is, the original concept is we're all one. And if you really, really dig into that, you can achieve enlightenment. However, most of humanity has thought about it and not achieved enlightenment. So therefore, it's been broken down into manageable steps. you learn the lessons and the spiritual techniques of Isis and perhaps Horus and so it's kind of like going up this beautiful ladder to enlightenment
2: Mm.
1: and um, each step um, or or the the thought in Egypt was that each god guarded um, a divine aspect of God and by the time Moses um, leaves he takes it it's now the Jewish tree of life. And the, the little circles on that tree of life are the sephiroth, and they have symbols in them, the original symbols, are Sanskrit or Hebrew letters, excuse me, and they're thought to be the original um, energies of creation. We think of writing as symbolic. They did not. Um, if you put sand on a drum and get underneath and chant OM, the sand will rate will rattle and vibrate, kinda of move off to the edge and move back in. The sand will create the symbol for ohm. Hmm. And the symbol for OM and om are the same thing. One's a two D representation and one's the sound. So likewise the sound of these Hebrew um letters are the vibrational sound code or the sephiroth. And um, as you know, in the Hebrew tradition, you know, they weren't allowed to do vows. There was a lot of things. They were very sacred. But now's the time for these sephiroth um, to be made public. And just another point I'd like to make out is that Egypt was really good at hiding secrets. I think that um, we still don't know how they built those pyramids. And up until maybe, I don't know, 15 years ago, we didn't know about how they did the mummification. They still talk about moving large rocks with sound. We haven't figured that one out. And anything that was really powerful, they were very careful um, to keep under their belts. So um, I think that's... um, you know, sends tribute to these sephiroth, that they were very, Mm -hmm. very spiritual, and there was ten of them, each being an aspect of God. Think of God as love. Well, Mm -hmm. love's merciful, love's strong, love endures, love rejoices. I mean, love has many attributes. And Mm -hmm. so each sephiroth is an attribute of God and is equated specifically to emotions, um, and the Kabbalah disciples in the Jewish tradition would spend a lot of time meditating, looking at the symbols, looking at the Sephiroth, and the idea was that, you know, we see everything together, but they were more attuned to dimensions than the second dimension, such as a symbol or a written um, configuration. And that the they believed that energy would come out of those boundaries, and by the way, science is now proving that it's going to come out in my next book. But that that is indeed so. That very tiny, tiny quantum energy does come out of shapes around around the shape. Mm-hmm. And so these Sephiroth, the the disciples in the Jewish tradition would meditate them, look at them, make make the shape with their hands. And um, they were also associated with numbers. Pythagoras says all of it is number. Each one of the Egyptian gods were associated with a number. For example, Toth is associated with the number eight. And what are another things I've done in these separate roles, in addition to giving the sounds created by the Hebrew creation sounds, the creation letters and symbols, is like uh, each one's associated with a number. So one, 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 we can listen to that. Two, 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 another master number, we can listen to that. Three, 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 another master number. And I'm cautious about using master numbers in sounds only when I'm really doing very powerful High-end, high, highly protected sacred work. So, in each one of these sephirotes, they have their little sound patterns. I uh, also have the number frequency. Hmm. and the gods—they um, all, they're all real beings. They've hmm. been with us through Atlantis and many other traditions, and they can be channeled, and that energy records. So in these um, separate roles, I have um, the number, um, and they're often associated with crystals and stones at that frequency. Um, they're associated with elements, fire, water, etc. They're playing. They're associated with planets, which we now, through physics and NASA, can listen to the sounds of planets and orbits. And um, DNA tones. I mean, have all kinds of um, things in each one of these little sound codes. Right. And uh, each time you listen, you know you just take greater and greater dosage.
2: Right.
1: So I'm well. about <laughs> preventing <his ampion> <laughs> the whole pantheon of the
0: Sephiroth. Yes. And, uh, I'm excited, too, because we're going to listen to two of them today and then... And in your package, which we'll get into detail about later, I mean, you have six hours of videos on Ancient Egypt and um, an hour of the video Sephiroth attunements and the MP3s and of the attunements. So I'm grateful that we're doing some of the uh, – a, a little taste of it here on the show, um, but there's so much more in the package, Jill. So would you like to play something now, or do you want to talk about the temples first? How do you feel? <laughs> Well, let's do one of the sephiroth now.
1: Um, Okay. Perhaps um, we can start with Keter.
0: Okay. Um, Okay. The
1: the Keter sephiroth is very sublime. It's also called the Zohar or the most hidden of all hidden things. It's like the closest step to God, almost um, incomprehensible, more representing um, potential. Um, it's kind of like um, pure potential. It's the closest one to God, the the reflection of all that is. Mm -hmm. And in the cater, we have um, have a Century Flower Remedy, DNA Tomes. I have 111, and I have all of the planets in our solar system because this is kind of like all that is, all of their orbit frequencies. And they're tapings off of NASA, fire energy, and I'm channeling the energy of the Egyptian Einsoff. In other words, that was their um, version of the one, the universal one, all that is, um, one unified field of energy.
0: Right. So how long is this particular attunement?
1: Mm, let's see if I, I'm not sure I exactly remember,
0: maybe three minutes. Okay, minutes. okay. Would you suggest to the listeners, I mean, should they intend for something or just sit back and just receive, or what's the best way to um, benefit most from listening to this uh, Sephiroth attunement? I would say to some extent.
1: It, it depends on the circumstances. If someone's very ill and has a critical need, I would intend for that which you need. And if someone is in a pretty good place, I would open up and allow the energies to just select for you your highest and best.
0: Okay. And then um, <laughs> we just talked about this right before we went live on the show. Um, you said that you could channel right afterward and bring in... Um, an Egyptian okay. god or some healing energy and so sit back and relax, everybody. <laughs> um, okay. okay, Jill. So should I, um, I go ahead and start this uh, recording? The sure, sure. Okay, everyone. This is, um, the Keter Sephiroth attunement. So here we go. Okay.
1: I am Amun Ra, and many of you have been in my temples, temples from Egypt, and temples from the pre-flood ancient world. Mankind ascended, descended, involved into matter. Starting out as being more group soul, larger hunks of all that is, perhaps like a radio tower receiving thousands of radio signals. And over time, you received less signal. Until now, you receive just one. You. Your way. You making decisions. You being responsible. And that's because you're children of God growing up. Everyone came to earth with that in mind, to some degree. And in our ancient temples, the temples that were associated with the sun were associated with the sun think that Gaia inhabits her earth, a very evolved, beautiful, strong, powerful being, consciousness. Therefore, the consciousness and the being that habits the earth, excuse me, the sun, could be considered the god of the earth or the god of Gaia. The idea of the ancient sun Amun-Ra Temple is collective, is all that is, is the original state, is the ultimate destination for evolution and enlightenment. This holistic energy is neatly hidden in your solar plexus, and I'm going to work on that right now. I wish you to stand up straight. And chin up, just so that your solar plexus is not cramped by a slouching spine. And I'm going to start with energy, two chakras above your head, and start to massage it. And you should feel palpable energy coming in to the top of your head. Perhaps envision... Someone playing with your hair. Very, very subtle. Coming I mean, into your head down to your forehead now. Third eye. like just pouring through your head. Good down into your neck. Down to your heart and your solar plexus. And as you lean back a little bit, Notice how the ancient gods and pharaohs stood very straight to honor the sun within. Because the sun represents the Einfoss, the all that is. And this energy coming from above your head is now pouring down into your heart and it's collecting in your solar plexus. Just breathe with it. It's alive, it's conscious, it's all-knowing and all-healing. Filling in frequency holes, areas of need. And imagine, in your solar plexus, in pretty much the middle of your body, There's like a a little sun the size of a walnut, shining front and back. The back chakras being that which you give, the sun and the evolution and the light and the healing that you give. The front solar plexus being that which you receive, the light, the healing, the sun, the vitality. And as you breathe, energy comes in your solar plexus, it unites with the energy from the back chakra and goes out. It's like a fire, a combustion occurs in between the in and out chakras. A little sun right below your heart. The complete healing energy that you've hidden right in front of yourself, right within yourself. Feel its warmth. Imagine the sun. They resonate with one another. And they heal. The warmth is coming in you in this little sun about the size of a walnut. grows to the size of a peach. And feel the beautiful expanse of healing golden light. The mastery of your solar system right here. And it continues to grow about the size of a grapefruit. You can feel the warmth, imagine the light. Your whole body is beaming with beautiful aura because of this. Now maybe the size of a a basketball getting bigger, wider than your whole body. This just gets more diffuse and bigger and encompassing all of your body. You stand within one unified field of heat. Feel the fire burning away that which needs transformed. Feel yourself anew, whole, complete, remembering, remembering time in the temples of Ra and Amun Ra. I love, I heal, and I bless you. I am Amun Ra.
0: Thank you, Jill. Hmm Ra, <laughs> I wasn't sure who was gonna come through there. Yeah. Um, that was beautiful. And um and the attunement, the Sephiroth attunement was really it was really Powerful, um, and we're going to listen to one more in a little while, and uh, and we're going to take some callers too. Um, and you can do uh, little many healings or readings or answer questions on anything that we're talking about. Before we do take um, a couple of callers, uh, Jill, do you is there anything else that you feel you know we really want to? share with regard to the Egyptian temples or the ways that the listeners can benefit from these Egyptian secrets that you've uncovered? Um, Anything else you want to share before we take colors? Yeah, I think I would. Um,
1: I'd like to talk a little bit about the temples and think that each temple had maybe liken it to a different color. And together, they're all the rainbow colors. So before we achieve enlightenment, we need mastery. Let's say the mastery, you know, the divine feminine from Isis, that of Brah, of the sun. Um, and each temple has its own um, unique teachings. So when you come life after life, let's say you come to the Temple of Thought, um, one of my temples, um You know, you have a lot of knowledge. Um, You have knowledge of all the systems. Um, Toss was um, very good at magic, which is um, quantum physics, perhaps not explained in in terms of left brain, but demonstrated in terms of right brain and very powerful um, processes and techniques to manage energy so what I did was through channeling and through um, reading and studying is that I came up with the gifts gifts of spirit that you can have from the various temples it's kind of exciting because mm-hmm. it's like it's like all over the board <laughs> because each temple you know um, the divine feminine unfolding in Isis temple is so much different than that in uh, the Hattor or, um, you know, Hathor, um, for example. And they're very, how to put it, the Egyptian people, when you were alive, had a life as a priest or a priestess. I mean, you're kind of like today, with the same needs, same desires, you're very human. And um, you had um, human needs that are very similar to ours. So, um, like for example, in um the temples um with the associated with the pharaohs, they had to um when they were seventy two, a pharaoh had to run a triathlon. Yes, because he was thought to be a god. And in order to be pharaoh he had to be fit as, he had to be fit in every level. And they had techniques for staying young, for um remaining youthful for remaining virile very late into life. And so, for example, that's um, one of the really cool techniques, um, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a euthany thing. They had um, vowel chants associated with planets. And, and notice that in um, the Hebrew stuff, you, you know, many languages, you weren't allowed to say vowels because they could be combined in secret orders for ascension. Alice Bailey and Helena Blavatsky from um, that time period brings forth the same chance. And so we go into that. They would associate prayers and different ways of life with accessing higher beings like the Elohim. And notice in a lot of the pictures in the temples, you'll see people that have like physical wings kind of like sewed on to their mm-hmm. arms. Mm-hmm. Well, there's techniques to access your spherical blueprint of wings because if we're all that is um, at some point way back we were also angel with wings and so they had techniques of using your arms um, activating your wings and using them like reiki or for um, energy treatment Hmm. they were also um, far more attuned to sounds because they're they're very heavily right-brained. And so it was very important to them when they worked on chakras to not work on them in the order that we do. The chakras would match up in pairs. Um, For example, think red and green are complementary colors. So heart chakra and root chakra um, would be a good pair. And they had different tonal processes and methods um, to make substantial Progress in your sh- in your chakras and think that um, you know the pictures. Let's say of metatrama is all light. Well, how do we go from us being physical body to all light? Well, our major place to input the lights are chakras. So they would work with the chakras and send that energy up and down their spine. Think of Kundalini energy rising. Um, Isis Temple did um, Reiki um, through her hands. Um, and then I do, um, a guided past life meditation. And I think it's very important to kind of remember which temples you were in. When I, and I have a video on that too, but like, for example, I have highly resonated the Toss because, I mean, I'm such a, a geek, <laughs> such a student. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to know it all and I'm willing to pay the price and time and research and study to do that. And that's kind of like when I just saw his picture and started to read about him. It's like the hair on my hands was standing up, standing up Mm on end. You know, it's like it just triggered me. And someone else maybe was triggered by ISIS. So I do a little bit of just education about what kind of things the temples were like. And as I looked at them and went through this this video process, Mm -hmm. I identified with this one and not that one. And of right. course, this one and not that one would have been my mastery and then I spent more time on those videos because um I could download I was good at that that's why it was triggering me and then I went into um like a guided past life um regression to help to help cement that and you know the um the Egyptians had all these words for spirituality when we have such few words um think like um the eskimos have like 36 words for gray you know we have one gray well the the egyptians had all these words for spirituality because spirituality was extraordinarily important that's why we're drawn to it and so i also go into um different techniques to how to access different dimensional energies and uh, quantum entanglement in the temple of matt um that's one of those cases when I read some of some of the practices, which others would call superstitious, and I'm like, ah, I recognize that. That's <laughs> science today. Mm-hmm. Um, they had techniques for pain removal, even bug control, um, magic, um, and um, halo discs, and different ways of, um, you know, bringing kind of like what Ra did to some extent starting above your head mm-hmm. and accessing your own higher dimensional energies. And they had a variety of techniques, and you actually see them in these um, illustrations. You see these these gods have like these bowls of light on their heads. Well, they're activating different chakras and ingesting and downpouring that energy. And there's more, but uh, off the top of my head, that's what I think of. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we just see the temple buildings. and. But each one of those gods brought forth techniques to, um, evolve to be a master. And I believe anybody who's listening to this is because you're interested Mm
0: -hmm. in Egypt. And you're going to have those little treasure troves within. Right. Yeah, they'll access their own mastery by, it's like you said, as they go through the information, it'll, it'll feel familiar. It will, you know, activate um their own mastery which is really exciting and um i want to take some callers jill and uh um for those of you who wrote who are um, joined us by webcast or computer you can write in your questions i know a lot of you already have um but i'd love to take some callers again it's star two to raise your hand and give us your name and um And Jill is a a beautiful channel. She's a pure channel, and so she can do many readings or healings. So um, just give us your name and sort of a brief um, description of what's going on or what you would like support with. So, Jill, are you ready? I am. I am. Okay. All right. I am coming out there to all of you with your hands up. Um, First caller that I'm going to is area code 480. Um, you're live with us. Four eight zero. Can hi, you hear this us? Is Katie. Oh, hi. What did you say your name was?
3: Hi. This is Katie from Phoenix.
0: Well, hi, Katie. Welcome.
3: Hi. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, I am new to the whole subject, and I'm just delighted and enjoying your presentation um and what i'm going through is it's way too long of a story to even you know put it out there but i'm guessing you can read what i need anyway um but i need physical health my heart um my lungs uh just in general um i'm having a lot of health issues and i'm not i'm not seeking it from a medical perspective any longer Only seeking spirit um, on this journey of how do I heal and where do I go now?
0: Hmm.
3: I don't know if any of that makes any sense.
0: It does, Katie. I'm glad you're here. (laughs) You're in the right place, Katie. Thank you. Okay. Um,
1: Well, I did see um, your aura, and I did see dark energy, kind of, or darker energy coming from your. Um, kind of in the upper part of your trunk, so um, and also some resonance in your brain. So any, what I'm seeing is that, um, you know, one can have a problem with the heart, but it could be the brain signals, you know, um, or the interconnectivity of other things that are the same frequency as the heart. So um, let's bring in Isis. And I'm bringing in Isis because she resonates with
3: pink, and um, that's my color help. totally.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay, and she must she must resonate with you. She's made herself clear. Okay, sweetheart, I'm gonna work. In fact, let's work on everybody's heart and chest because mm-hmm. these ancient <laughs> beings are marvelous, um, and they will they'll work on everyone. So. <laughs> Hang
2: tight,
1: everybody. Okay. <laughs> she's working about five feet above your head, and she's unleashing energies. This kind of energy. Doesn't know pain. Doesn't understand pain. Doesn't understand duality. Doesn't understand your suffering. It's just like potent joy. And I think you need some of that.
3: Yes ma'am.
1: It's starting to come down your forehead. Eyes, nose, mouth, chin. And now she's working on your aura above each shoulder. A lot of you have to, shoulds, um, perhaps expectations, judgments, even self-judgments. And just lighten that sure, in. Coming down, down, we're gonna go into your heart
3: and your brain.
1: And working on the resonance between the two. And the resonance in your gut as well. The second brain, if you will. I'm just
2: giving you beautiful healing energy.
1: Before I finish up, uh, Isis is showing me some wings, some like um, angel wings. They're very, very white. It's got a hint of color in them. And they're flapping, maybe like butterflies. It doesn't look like they have a person on them, but they're coming in through your back, near your lungs. So I feel like a long time ago, way before you were human, all of us incarnated angel souls, and they kind of folded up into our lungs, etherically. And she's just like um, dusting and cleaning, brightening, healing freedom. Thank the oxygen is beautiful and rich. The air is great. Harmony, balance. I'm just going to balance your whole aura. And a blessing from Isis. Thank you, Katie. All oh.
3: right. Thank you so much. I, you. I will get. I will get to know her now. I, I'm not familiar with her, but I, I'm so grateful, and I could feel the presence. So, I, I guess I'm building a relationship with Isis now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Your angel wings are activated too. <laughs>
3: so wow. It's fascinating because when you said that, like, I could Mm -hmm. see them and I could Mm -hmm. feel them. And I've always been drawn to these, like, to white wings, you Mm -hmm. know, of some feathers and stuff. So it just was like, whoa, all of them, you know, I could feel it. It was really cool. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Katie. Wow.
0: Wow. That was beautiful for all of us, so thank you for bringing that forth, and um, stay tuned for more, Katie, <laughs> okay?
2: All Aww. right. Glad,
0: glad you're here, Katie. Much um, love to you. Much love you to you. And to you, too. Thank awesome. you, Jill. That was beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let's see. I'm going to go to area code uh um, 250. Here. You're live. Hi. Hi,
4: beautiful Carrie and Jill. Um, Thank you for taking my call. My name is Sherry. And Jill, I'm wondering if you can um, share with me some insights on some gifts that are trying to reawaken, but I seem to be blocking them. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> when you started talking, I saw gold. Hmm. And, um, I saw a little bit of white in that gold. I, where I'm going here, I saw them like in, in, like balls of light. Um, when I think of the color gold and yellow, um, I think it communicates to me this. It's, um, it shows like a, um, Kinda of like me, I like knowledge, I like knowing, I like um transparency. Um, and with mm. transparency um comes grace. With gold, think of um Odin Verakucha, think of Jesus, think of Krishna, think of Rah. Mm. Um, mm. and uh think of the golden energy um like the sun. And think that the sun, perhaps like in the earlier channel, perhaps the essence of the sun is the God that, the god of the earth or the being that oversees the earth that, uh, that he gets help from. And um, so there's many types of paths. So what I'm being shown is history, you know, has Islam, Christianity, this, that, and the other. And they have these uh, theology. Differences, but they're all paths to all that is. And what I'm being shown is is that that in the early temples, um, this would be pre-flood. Um, it, it wasn't so much like it is today in Christianity or Buddhism. It was more um, one unified field, feeling God, knowing God, being with God, being all that is, simply by feeling and imagination, taking that step and just enlightenment. So there was the the, the, the division then, if you will, of path to God were one unified field and steps. And the steps would have techniques, perhaps rules. Think of the um, Old Testament, "Thou shalt not kill. And um, everything was designed um, to help. Now, of course, Humanity, you know, is in duality, and each one of these methods can be clouded. But I'm seeing you as um, having hidden talents, and I just saw the sun and the moon. I saw like some past lives and virility, <laughs> and um,
2: mm.
1: accessing. I put this. Okay, uh, this is what I'm feeling. So. You know, like we're a human being and we have so many breaths per minute. And a bug, of course, is is going to have a faster vibration and live a lot less. Meanwhile, a tree might live 300 years. And a mountain might live many thousands. The earth may live billions, as well as our solar system. And when consciousness expands, um, so does the container that holds it. So you see that the sun, of course, is very large. And, and one of your mastery was with nature. It was with the Duryodhana work. And it was more like ensouling our solar system. It was like living in such a way with circadian rhythms that, um, you know, you breathe in and it's um, daytime. You breathe out and it's night so you would get in like a rhythm of honoring the sun the moon the equinoxes the full moons kind of like rhythms of breath and when you're associated with these larger circadian rhythms these larger patterns it's like you um you just went up an octave spiritually
2: hmm.
1: so i'd like to leave you with that too Perhaps um, think about, like, Amun Ra in the Temple of Ra mm-hmm. and um, techniques of working with the sun and the moon and honoring the solstices, honoring the full moon. So, like, you can think of, like, a moon that gets larger, um, uh, a waxing moon, um, as building energy. So if you want to manifest, you do that while the moon gets bigger. If you want to lose weight... You do that where the moon gets smaller. Start to live in sync with nature and all that is around you because you were very good at it in ancient times. If There were two schools, one that broke into steps and one who went right to the Temple of Ra and was one unified field. You were in the Temple of Ra with one unified field. You associate with the Golden Masters that I mentioned. Um, wow. I'll be that. <laughs>
0: There's a lot to explore
4: there, Sherry. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. And 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 I and because of time, I just want to say that that makes so much sense to all the signs that are right in front of me. And I just I, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm thank going you. to re-listen. And and truly, thank you. That is huge. I really needed to hear that. I'm very grateful. Thank you. Thank you both. Oh, thank, thank you, Sherry. Blessings lots of love. Thank you. And lots of yep. love
0: to you. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yes. Um, and thank you, Jill. That was that was mm-hmm. beautiful. Um what I'd like to do now, um, we'll take maybe some questions from the webcast in a few minutes, but I want to go over your offer because for all of you who are resonating with this information, um there's a little echo there. Um uh, Jill has created two beautiful offerings for you Um they can be found at straighttalkforthesoul.com. Uh, click on our marketplace link at the top of the page. You'll see Jill's beautiful smiling face. Uh, click on her picture and you'll find the offers. Um, Special Offer A, Um, by the way, Jill, this is a very generous offering for $111. It's the Deep Egyptian Secrets and Magic. Uh, There is so much in this offer. Um, I'm just going to briefly share what it is, and then, Jill, I'll let you um, add in uh, what you'd like. This package includes six hours of videos on ancient Egypt. One hour of the Sephiroth video attunements. 30 minutes of MP3 audios on the Sephiroth higher dimensional attunements. And there's some bonuses. Uh, this is all in offer A. So, Jill, there is so much here <laughs> to explore.
1: Um, great. Do you want me to go over some of the videos?
0: Sure. Just highlight what you feel, um, you know, is significant to share for people that you know who are considering this. That would really highlight um, the benefits. Okay. Well, like for example,
1: we um, we had a reading and we were um, reflecting on Isis. So um, I have a meditation um, that I saw from ancient Egypt to activate energies, and um, it's a technique called Elohim breathing. Mm -hmm. Wing activation um, and toning, toning colors through your fingers. And um, just an overview of the ISIS mystery. Um, That's about 20 minutes, so you you see we have six hours. Um, With the (laughs) dimensions, like understanding dimensions and how to access and download higher dimensions and how to use that energy to release blockages, um, health emotional, mental, spiritual, mm-hmm. um, how to transmute your voice and lower energies into higher energy. So let's say someone attacks you verbally, how to take that energy and transform it into a blessing, mm-hmm. kind of like, ha who attacked you. And um, mm-hmm. uh, something that I was calling reverse mediumship, like a mediumship goes up into high dimensions, gathers information, so I have a technique in here um, about going up to higher dimensions, yours, and leaving really good energy for events coming up in your future. Hmm. Um, so there's like 40 minutes of it. Um, I go it's into like with the Temple of Net and Gub, um using elemental healing. The Philosopher's Stone, um, my research show that uh, – It had different octaves, if you will, that technique of turning lead into gold. And the most powerful would not be the physical but would be the spiritual. And I go into their techniques, um, the different chakras, um, the sequences, the activations coming from above your head, um, utilizing that energy. I think it's a really nice exercise where we do a past life regression.
2: Mm-hmm. and You can
1: do that as many times as you want. I suspect most of us have had multiple yeah. lives in many, many of these temples. So I like, pa, um mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's magic. Shall I talk about magic, magic spells, planetary chants, um, the work of um, kind of dovetailing them with yoga power, raising kundalini, using runes, Um, I'm trying to think what else I have. Well,
0: and also, I I was just going to say, I feel like a lot of the beautiful beings listening um, experience lives as a priest or a priestess. And so you'll describe, you know, uh, the life of a priest or a priestess, what the temples were like, um, the basics of that healing and and magic. And and that way, if people, it's like, whoa, this is familiar, it's going to reactivate that. And then the temples that they might be familiar with and... um, yeah, there's there's okay. a lot here, and um, and then I want to see the bonuses are um, ancient Asian Egyptian musical and vibrational energy techniques. Um, uh, the paint your soul CD um, on angel wings from the deep. Oh, some of your musical healing CDs are the bonuses and people can read through that. Um, and I want to highlight, cause you, I don't believe that you've done this here before. Offer B is all of that. Plus a private session with you. I'm very, very grateful that you are offering this because um, for people to be able to have private time with you to really dive into, um, whether they want to speak to the gods about um, their experiences in ancient Egypt or whatever it is um, you're mm-hmm. able to channel ascended beings um, as well as the Egyptian gods or, or whatever. Anything that you want to add about these private sessions, Jill?
1: Um, yeah, the beings that work through me tend to be very big picture. So um, they tend to love information on your purpose of all your lives together, um, and I I often will start with people putting up everyday challenges because I find that the beings that challenge that channel through me um, they can answer your day to day problems in a way that reflects your higher purpose kind of a two for one for the time. And another thing that they frequently do is go back in time. Uh, They have the understanding that you're all of you. You're your past lives, and it's all going on right now. So imagine time is a spiral. They're stepping out, and they're seeing where all the issues are, perhaps radiating in from the past. as just a challenge or an unexpected um, drama. Um, And they'll go in and help you alter you, and you would like to think the past is set in stone. We've certainly been taught that, but it's really not true. Think that, you know, someone can be forgiven, and then the past somehow softens. It changes, no longer influences in that manner. And so they have ways of working with you, um, giving you information about past lives, and then um, working to soften it, loosen it, um, and they're very selective in taking out um, areas that are most um, potent because I know personally, you know, I can heal a situation that comes back, heal it, comes back, et cetera, and um, they go to the root cause. So, I don't know.
0: It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So, and, and I know quite a few people um, were writing in about, um, their purpose and 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 really tapping into that, so you can do that. Like you can either regress them um, to a past life in Egypt or access their akashic records to learn how many past lives um, they've had in Egypt or or that may be blocking them in some way now. Um, there's a lot of things that you can support them with, and um, yeah. So thank you for making this available. I don't believe you've done that before here, have you? I don't.
1: I don't I don't think so. Yeah.
0: Exciting for those of you um to have this opportunity to have a private session with Jill. So um and then of course all of that information on um the deep Egyptian secrets, the magic of old Egypt, it's all there. There's so much to explore. And like I said, that is for Offer A. and We have the three-pay option. You know, the Offer B is $222, um, a beautiful investment in your um, ascension, enlightenment, um, all of those things. So thank you, Jill, for creating this for us. And um, I know that we're going to do one more um, Sephiroth attunement. And uh you're gonna channel one more time, another Egyptian god. Would you like to answer a couple more questions first or do the attunement? Um hmm. I guess it doesn't really matter to me. Do you have a preference? Um I'll take a couple questions from our webcast because okay. so many people have written okay. in. Um let's see. Oh my gosh, so many good questions you guys. Um <laughs> Okay, um where am I going to go? Okay, uh, Miri, M-I-R-I, uh, she said, I am aware of a deep connection with Egypt. Recently, the name Temple of Beauty popped into my mind. I wonder if you can share more about this particular temple or any other temple that I have a connection with. That's Miri, M-I-R-I. Okay, as soon as
1: she talked, um, I immediately saw Cleopatra. And um, and when I've seen, uh, like they've got her face on coins and stuff, and to me she doesn't look like the most um, beautiful person. But, you see, the ancient idea of beauty was not how you physically looked. The ancient idea of beauty was a virtue. It's an emotion. It's a feeling of, um, think of a rose. Just think of the softness and the beauty and the, the fragrance of a rose and, and you think of beauty so think of a, um, a person who maybe has a handicap with the most beautiful sweet giving love and over time when you see their physical form which might be a little different than the next you see it as beautiful because this graciousness this kindness, this loving emotion overpowers and it has a sense of Completeness, I think we talked about that, um, associating that with the temple of Ra. and um, so i'm I'm feeling that um, the temple of beauty, you're talking actually um, perhaps about a lot of temples, or it's the development of an attribute, and it's not just Egypt. This concept of beauty as a virtue. I'm seeing in terms of Lemuria, Atlantis, of Greece, um, of nature.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And so, and again, when I think of nature, I see you um, connecting to nature, feeling into nature, and getting feelings from nature. So people tend to think, oh, I went out in nature, and I feel good but it's more like nature gave me good feeling and and i really emphasize the i for a bit we tend to assume emotions are something that we all create they're not they're often and just as frequent frequently they are they're things that we receive we're just not aware of the difference and so by going out into nature to seeing the beauty of a full moon to um loving a child, to loving an animal, to um, planting a flower and watching it grow, to put your hands on that flower and feel the energy come through your hands. um, That's a very potent healing. To um, become one and walk with the world around us is to observe her beauty, and her beauty, would be frequency patterns, like in the Paint Your Soul CD in this package. It's like that's full of Fibonacci and solfeggio frequencies. that makes your aura white light. It's the patterns found in nature. And the patterns found in nature we're going to associate with beauty. A person that we physically deem to be beautiful, their features, when you measure them, are going to reflect patterns found in nature. So we're kind of hardwired to find the beauty in nature and to find beauty in anybody we see and to give them that beauty. Mm-hmm. And wow, what a gift is that. Mm-hmm. That was beautiful. And Thank again, you. Mm-hmm. I would find that in uh, many of the temples like um, Temple of Isis, um, Temple of Hattor, Hathor. um, Kothor, um math and they're all going to have elements of divine harmony mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: right thank you for that jill and mary beautiful question and i love what came through and i hope that you heard it um uh, misty from seattle said jill uh I've had many past lives in Egypt, and I really connect to Toth as well. Does Toth have a message for me or for everyone on the call? Thank you, Jill and Carrie, and blessings. Thanks, Misty.
1: No.
0: Well, I think that time,
1: Misty. Thank you for including everybody. Um, when you said um, Toth, I saw a picture of him, and he kind of had a, a little hunchback and was and his wings were out, and i'm I'm getting the feeling that you know we tend to think, ooh, a half animal half human that the animals, the lower half the animals, the higher half it's closer to god and um he was showing me how he's ready to take off, and I think that has a lot to do with you and um before you take off, like in the temple of toth, he had these uh, books he had um, the magic of all the temples of Egypt, of Lamara. You had the whole enchilada. Think of him as um, being the master builder and having mastery over every little technique and every little piece. And he's going to build a, a painting or a puzzle and he has master of everything. And there's the gold light, the, the, the illumination, nothing hidden, all the parts. And I felt like um, you, were, you were him, we were with him. And getting ready to take off. And um, when you take off, you start to have an aerial view. And um, he's telling me you can even pretend to be him or an ibis bird. And just in your imagination, let's say somebody's having an argument, imagine you're an ibis bird and imagine you rise high and simply in your imagination look down on the situation. Um, we're unaware of it, but when somebody is um, disagreeing with us or judging us, you know, we kind of get splattered with some judgmental energy and um, invisible but yet potent nonetheless. And that he's he's telling that when you kind of like take flight, um, just by using this simple tool of imagination, that can be all sprayed around but not on you, not on your physical body by leaving your consciousness, you can avoid that. And he's showing me that your beautiful um, curiosity and knowledge of this and that, and oh, I like this and I like that, it's like he's showing me now you're a painter and you're ready to paint your portrait and a lot of pieces are going to come in together. So um, he wants you to not think thoughts like, I should play on task. I should focus more. I don't complete projects, but more focus on the beauty of everything you've learned and the scope and breadth of it. And now it's time to dance and, and draw it all in. Mm-hmm. So leave behind that um, diversi- diversiveness, the, the, the judgment people are giving you from pleading from this to that and learning this and that, and. Uh, get rid of that negativity, free of blockages, and start to just dance in joy and think about, ooh, I can combine this, I can combine that. And he's suggesting that when you start to um, imagine processes or solutions, um, he said, imagine, imagine being an ibis bird. And you will um, resonate with your past lives in that temple and resonate with the aerial view, giving you better selection of this piece and that. And I'll, I'll leave you with
0: that. Mm-hmm. Misty, I hope that you heard that. Um, thank you, Jill. Um, yeah, there's there are a lot of questions here, but I want to make sure that we have time to listen to the next um Sephiroth, attunement. Um, what is the name of that one, Jill?
1: Um, hold. It, yes, it, mm-hmm. it,
0: it's difficult for me because you
1: see, um, when you have these ancient names, you know they're spelled differently, and this group and that group pronounce them differently. Um, hold and hold has been the different um, interpretations that I found.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Do you want me to talk about it? Sure. Okay. That is um the god energy, if you will, of splendor speaking of beauty, surrender, sincerity, um practical and emotional energies, mental powers, um a flexible uh, intellect, balance. Um, so um Some of the sound energies that I have in this attunement are um, vitamins, muscles, the 888 number. This is also associated with um, the Thoth, the 888 master number, the carnelian frequency, the frequency of Mercury's orbit, whale songs, cricket songs, bird songs, all of which bring in higher dimensional energy, um, the elemental Energy, of the air, the wind, storm, lightning, and the channeled energies above and back. And um, let me also say that um, when you go really high in dimensions, um, confusion is a very high state. So we tend to lock into, I believe, this, this, this. And maybe there's something better. Not that that's wrong, but maybe there's a more expansive, a more loving, a more broad um, way of looking at things. And as long as we've made up our mind, we won't allow the higher to come in. So many ancient masters talk about confusion as, um, think of it as a staircase, getting ready to go up the next level. And I say that because it's the back, and he brings in some of that letting go of the old and embracing of the new.
0: Okay, so we will play this um, this Sephiroth attunement, and then um right at the the tail end of that, you will be offering another channeling from one of the Egyptian gods with some healing energy. So are we ready? <laughs> Jill um, yeah. ready for me to play. Okay, All right, everybody. um, here we go. Thank you.
1: Talk about sounds of creation. And people assume that the voice communicates through symbolism. And the voice is so much more powerful delivering so much more information than let's say a text. But even still, the voice of a spoken word is like a text in comparison to the deeper meaning of Contained within a sound. Does not almost every religion in its roots create creation with sound? And what's the one thing you all have? Vocal cards. And you use them every day. Without knowledge, consciousness, or awareness. Not the meaning. Not the little text message, but the deeper energy within the sounds of your own voice. I would like to suggest that you quit trying to control your voice, to focus your attention on the meaning and start to communicate the frequencies you need for enlightenment or healing for those that you love or those that are in vicinity. We all tend to think in humanity that we are our bodies, you're not your body, but your body's a very, very high consciousness all in its other of itself. All by itself, without your direction, it digests food and beats your heart, and so much more. Your subconscious mind connects with and draws in older past lives, your frequency needs. And when you look at your overall ascension of many lives, even draws in events that are opportunities disguised as drama. Given that your body has vast consciousness, allow it to do what it do, does best. Allow it to heal. And what kind of potent um, manifesting do you have if not your voice? The content of the words. The sound. When you're alone, if you feel safe, just try uttering sounds. Don't matter what they say. Don't matter. That they make sense. Simply allow and trust. In the ancient Egyptians, honored the psychic ability of knowing Much deeper than even trust. It's just like knowing. for that is the tool of creation, of manifesting. And that knowing combined with tapping into the higher consciousness, the wisdom of your physical body, your partner, and simply allowing that healing. Imagine your voice. In the proper frequency for someone's headache or tummy ache. Well, if you focus on that other person and allow that voice to come out at a certain rhythm and a certain frequency, all unbeknownst to both of you, they receive a bit of healing. So I'm adjusting to tap into the wisdom the wisdom encoded in your body and use the manifesting machine of your voice. I'm going to do a quick blessing. I'm going to work on your throat chakras. First of all, connecting to your third eye, your spine and your heart. Energy coming in from both ways into your throat. Working on the front of the throat chakra. Opening, expanding. Imagine the blue, the turquoise energy. Opening, healing. Adjusting and coming out the back. The back chakra being the chakra of the gods. The energy you bestow. And allowing and opening up activating your voice for healing and manifesting the frequencies that you send out can be that which you desire and need and there's no more potent force in your own voice the creation with sound I am Amen.
0: Thank you, Jill. Um, <laughs> that was interesting that he referred to the voice or sound as the machine of manifestation. <laughs> um, that was. That was powerful. Um, Thank you for that. So we heard from Ra and we heard from (laughs) Toth, And ISIS came through earlier. So we had a lot of the the beautiful beings, Egyptian beings with us. Um, Someone had asked a a good question, um, Jill, that I want to ask you. Um, Where was it? Oh, it was Linda. She said, are the temples each like their own unique portals that we can tap into?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You see the, in fact, I have some videos on that, that um, the structure, the length, the width, the height, the type of building materials that were used in the temple, the location, um, how it connects with, water currents underground and caloric currents and earth currents or ley lines, whatever you want to call them, all of that has been designed to um, create through the physical building um, frequencies and healings. And um, think of perhaps we're talking about the Sephiroth as um, frequency codes of the divine. Think of the temples, as frequency codes of the divine. Of, um, I think I mentioned earlier that science is beginning to show that energy comes from 2D shapes. Think of the emphasis on sacred geometry and sacred shapes and symbols. It's not because they're fun to look at. It's because they give a gift. It's very mm-hmm. subtle, and we haven't measured it yet, but you can measure, let's say, someone's exposure to a subtle shape, and then measure their health before and after. And you'll find that the sacred geometry, the sacred shapes have been shown in scientific studies to produce a plethora of positive results. So the um, energy coming in from the temples, is that like its own portal? Absolutely. Excellent question. Beautiful mm-hmm. question. Thank you.
0: Hmm. Um, just want to read a few of the comments that have come in for you. Um, Lacey from Ontario said, "I love how multidimensionally layered these attunements are." Uh, thank you, Jill, for all of the divine energies today. It's such a beautifully wisdom-filled call. Um, Sherry said, "When the student is ready, the teacher appears." Wow. Frequencies and treasures of remembrance. So much love, soul family. Thank you, Sherry. Uh, Linda said, beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, Yeah. Uh, Jackie said, this is also fascinating. When me and my sister were little, we would walk like an Egyptian. (laughs) I love your (laughs) offer. Thank thank you for your wisdom. Um, You know, we were talking about somehow something came up with one of the participants about judgment um, earlier, I can't remember who it was, Jill, but someone else wrote back in. And Jackie from Spokane said, when you're feeling judged, besides blessing that person, is there a crystal or a goddess that would be beneficial or maybe a sound? Uh, thank you both, she says.
3: Well,
1: um first of all, yeah, in the package there was a technique of using sound to – Take any negative energy, such as judgment, and raise it up into higher frequencies. And um, if I were to tie into one of the Egyptian gods, I would tie into Thoth, um, because because he he's like the master of words. And first of all, let me say a little thing about duality and positive and negative. In our worlds, you know, I certainly don't like negative. I don't like illness, pain, drama, conflict. Um, but, you know, without duality, it comes with both positive and negative. And I'd say humanity, it like good and evil. But even so, I think humanity um, blooms with positive energy. I mean, let's say in, in an analogy, not so much with negative energy. But without the duality, I think that we'd never have a cup of coffee. There wouldn't be space travel. There wouldn't be um, fun places to go on vacation. Um, duality is like it, it gives us expanded consciousness. It gives us knowledge. Duality and trusting life is like, um, you know, we're down here. We don't have our plans scripted. Um, but duality will show us right or left. Um, If we follow the breadcrumbs of positive, beautiful, high energy, you know, we can weave through the maze we call life and end up with great ascension and power, wisdom, and love. So um, judgment doesn't feel good, Um, and I would suggest that you don't resonate with it, that kind of over and over say to yourself that judgment is their view of themselves and then seeing you through your lens. And perhaps if we we're, were going to um, call in the energy of thoughts we might think of um, physically imagining ourselves above the judgment. And I do believe he said that um, if we imagine when someone's judging us, we imagine if we're looking down upon them at the head, not in, in, looking down at them in an analogy, but physically looking down at them because we're high like a bird in the air, um, that that negativity won't stick to us, that it's our consciousness, our receipt of it, our resonance with it that allows us to ingest it. Hmm. So I think earlier he gave us a really beautiful way um, to dodge the negativity. And also um, I guess my little preamble was to not fear the negativity, uh, understand it has its place and that we're in charge of our life and we'll manage things.
0: Mhm, thank you for that, Jill. Um what a fascinating call, and there's so much more to learn. so I really want to encourage those of you who are resonating with all of this who want to really activate your um, gifts, talents, and abilities from these times to really explore this further and uh and perhaps have a a session with Jill as well so Jill, as we're wrapping up, my dear any Any final message for all of these beautiful beings who are are listening or who will listen? Um, I would say
1: that mere fact that you're listening means that you were in ancient Egypt and that it's holding secrets for you. It's holding energy and enlightenment. It's um, allowing you to resonate with some really powerful stuff that can have an incredible impact on your life, um, physically, mentally, emotionally, materially. And, um, like, I guess just celebrate the fact that you were there and um, we're about ready to go on a treasure hunt for
0: you. (laughs) (laughs) So many treasures to uncover. Um, And, Jill, thank you for your continued... um, you know commitment to exploring and channeling all of this information um, you're uh, you're a gift to all of us and uh i'm glad you're here and thank you
1: mm-hmm. and thank you and everyone thank you
0: yeah. To everyone who's joined us, thank you for your time, your openness, your love, and your presence today. Uh, it's an honor to have you with us. You're welcome to write in. Let us know how you're feeling, um, what stood out for you, what shifted for you, um, what resonated with you, and then just let the brilliant, bountiful, beautiful blessings flow to you. Open up to receive the benefits of everything that's been ignited within you and in this sacred circle today. Remember that you are a sacred being, a creator being, a multi dimensional master of light. Claim yourself as that. And please consider, um, the wonderful opportunities to expand on this, um, with Jill in her special offers. And, uh, finally, just remember that you're brilliant, you're resilient, you're dearly loved, you're certainly not alone. Thank you for joining Jill and myself on this soulful adventure today I am sending crystalline rainbow waves of new earth grace and glory and gratitude from my heart to yours may you feel it receive it and then offer it to those you encounter today um, or tonight wherever you are in the world and as always until next time please give yourself full permission to shine instead of shrink express instead of suppress and own that amazing powerful glow of yours I'll see you back here in this playground of light Uh, again tomorrow. Bye, everybody.